right, everybody. So today we have a great episode. I am here with Bethany Taylor. Um, we'll get a little drum roll, and the crowd goes wild. Um, Bethany is uh, is amazing. So we were actually just kind of talking right before this. Like, I think it's gonna be a really fun episode. Like, I feel like we we kind of are in a very like similar mindset with how we approach coaching and how we're approaching, um, you know, just building up businesses and, and uh, really bring our message to the world. We also are both very well caffeinated. So uh, I feel like it's going to be amazing. So to give you guys a little insight into who Bethany is, um, so she's a nutritionist, a trail runner, a personal trainer, an entrepreneur, a hiker, a lover of barbells, a coffee drinker, a wife, a dog mom, and most importantly, She's here to help women build ironclad confidence with food, fiercely own their their worth, and find freedom via food and exercise. Man, that's such a sick bio. You did a great job. I'm, I love that. So who are you? Besides all of these things, where who are you and how did you get to where you are now? Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you, obviously, for having me. Cheers to coffee drinkers. Love it. Cheers to um, coffee drinkers. coffee drinkers. So I am Bethany, obviously. I grew up in Virginia Beach, still here with my husband. So we'll be here probably for a few more years. Uh, He's military. So we've been very fortunate to live in this little tiny home that we have. And like we talked about earlier, I'm literally sitting in my camper recording this for you guys because we are not able to use it. So might as well use it for an office. Um, Yeah, so brought into the coaching space, I worked a nine to five salary job doing government contracts. I loved it. I got to travel. I met some incredible people, but I just, there was a piece of me that was not fulfilled. There was something missing and my passion lied in movement and I started to get more comfortable like learning about nutrition and stuff like that. So fall of 2018, I believe it was, yeah, fall of 2018, I started uh, Iron Soul Wellness. So prior to that, I was working still at my same job and I was getting my certification on the weekends, taking clients on the side until I pulled the trigger and I was like, all right, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to lean into growing my coaching business. And then Iron Soul Wellness was born. So from then it's kind of been just, like I said, winging it from, uh, like I didn't really know what I was doing. I got my business license and I did all like the proper things you had to do with insurance. And then I just started kind of giving myself out there, posting content on social media, growing my Instagram, just engaging with people locally. Uh, and then it kind of grew to more online. So I'm fully online, which is my whole goal so that I can be able to we could be able to travel or if my husband has to get relocated to a different city, I can still keep my jobs to still keep all of my clients. So that's kind of it in a very small nutshell. I mean, I, and I think that's interesting because, uh, I actually, I've I've talked to a lot of coaches and, uh, for a lot of people, like when they are in a military family, it's, it's very hard to, I mean, if you're a personal trainer, then you have to go and build up clientele and then you move again and and it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And, and I think what what's interesting to me is uh, just the fact that you you kind of started in this space where uh, you were you were almost like dabbling, right? Like you were like, oh, I have some some clients on the side and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then uh, what was interesting, I actually didn't know this. So you started uh, Iron Soul like was that as you were like you left your job and then you started a business, or was it like so you started it? as you're transitioning out? Like what was the... So it was a very small layover. There was probably about a three-month layover of working both of them. And then I talked to, to Bryce, my husband. He's like, dude, go for it. Like, this is what you're passionate about. I can see it. You Like you need to just go all in because I couldn't dedicate a lot of my time to growing. There's obviously, guys, if you're doing this, there's going to be a transition period where like you're a little bit tighter on money and you're not necessarily like where you want to be. And you may just have to take smaller contracting jobs, like independent contracting jobs to kind of get your feet wet. There's going to be things you don't necessarily like are beautiful and that you want to do right away, but it's all learning experience. You're going to learn about your niche of clients. You're going to learn about what, who you want to work with, who you don't necessarily want to work with, who you're going to refer out, that kind of thing. So it, I did have a little bit of a bleed over, but then as soon as I left my other job, I was like, holy shit, I have 
so much more time now to fully invest in getting just building iron soul wellness. So I did have a little bit of a period of transition, which I think was important. And it is scary guys. Like it's, it, you're leaving a salary job. Like that's, you have consistent every two weeks, you literally have money coming into your bank account. And now you're like, okay, if I don't grow my client base or if I don't get clients, like you don't make money. So obviously that's a little scary. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back. And I a hundred percent can understand that, but there's no perfect time ever. There's no perfect time to start. Like you just kind of got to go for it <laughs> in the very like simple, simplified version. It's just like, you just have to invest. If you're passionate about it, things will fall in place how they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And and I think like the interesting thing is that like, uh, you also have like clearly a great support system, right? So like you're friends with uh, Alyssa Olnick, who like I just had on. I mean, your husband is like, go for it. I mean, and I, and I think the hard thing is, uh, it also depends a lot on like how you're brought up too, right? Like my parents, like my, my dad was an entrepreneur, like he owns a, a fence company and builds fences, like where I'm from. And so like, I've almost exclusively seen like the entrepreneurial path, right? Of you have to work, you have to go get these jobs, you have to go, you know, find these things. And so like, like that, like in my brain, like I'm like, I feel like I'm like a little like messed up because to me, I'm just like, like I have a couple of screws loose because I'm like, oh, like you can just start this business and just like do this stuff. And like you see these problems, you're like, you just go fix that. Like just make a business to do that. Yeah. And like, uh, and I think that the interesting thing is when, when you have like a different value system, like growing up, like that can be a lot scarier, right? Because like you're told like, you know, the, the old school way of doing things was always like find a job and then work at that company for like, 30, 40 years and then retire with that yeah, company, up, you know, uh, what was, did, were your parents up like ever entrepreneurial or like, did you have that in you or like, did you ever think you were an entrepreneur? So it's funny. I've, no one's ever asked me that. And now I'm like, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so I have the two most incredible parents in the entire world. I love them so much. They have brought me up with an, an awesome moral compass integrity you work hard like they've been fantastic to me but neither of them were entrepreneurs it's funny uh law enforcement my dad was federal forever he retired out mom was law enforcement she's 50 years old made it through the sheriff's department academy like she's a total badass and she's smaller than me and i love her um but they were never entrepreneurs but they're always like we had a very high work ethic and standard so i may be a little bit the black sheep of the family like i'm kind of loud and i just kind of say whatever I want, do whatever I want. And they love me for it. And it's great. But they definitely how we got brought up, we, we're a very tight knit family. So it's been really cool. So I think that's allowed me to like, have this like deep, empathetic, compassion, love inside mm-hmm. of me to help people. And I've always known from a very young age, that I've wanted to help people in some capacity. I did not know what it was. I, I couldn't put my finger on what it was until 2018. And I was like, dude, I need to help women build confidence with themselves, with their nutritional intake, encouraging, encouraging them to do hard things bravely. Like I knew at like, I don't, I don't remember the exact moment, but I remember it was then I was like, I need to invest in this because there's women out there that need not to sound like vain, but like they need me, they need help, they need guidance. And I want, and I want to give it to them. So I think that's where it came from. Obviously my parents have been incredible, but like I've had this weird, and and I like doing things on my own. I'm kind of like a lone wolf, I guess you could literally my sweatshirt says lone wolf right now. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, And I'm very independent. So I'm, I, and I put my head down and I work very hard and I like creating really great content and products as in like coaching. So I think it kind of worked out because I am my own boss and something I very much enjoyed. There's a lot of flexibility in my job, but no joke guys. Like we work really hard as entrepreneurs. Like people see like, Oh, you get to travel and work. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's awesome. But they don't see us working at 11 o'clock at night. They don't see us waking up early. They don't see what goes on a lot of the time, like truly behind the scenes. And if you're a coach, a lot of, there's a lot of emotional space that has to be held for all of our clients because they're very special and they deserve that space. And what I do can be a very emotionally heavy, a lot of, especially when it comes to like body image and things we've been told since we were five years old that we need to change or quote need to change. So there's a lot of emotional investment 
So I need to obviously make sure I'm still taking care of myself and filling my cup because I have to give mm -hmm. to others as well. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and then on top of that, like, you know, I, I remember like when I owned a gym, um, in Boston, like I remember, so there's like that side of it where there's like, you're so invested in the clients and like, there's just this, this like level of like, it, it becomes very interesting because it feels like hard work at a very, in like a small percentage, but it, and the other side, like it doesn't feel like hard work because like, it's just what you do. Like, it's just like, it is, it is who you are. Like you're, you're essentially bringing like your message and your like purpose into the world. And so it becomes very easy to do that extra work at 11. But on the flip side, like there's also that a little bit of added pressure of like, you know, like you were saying before, like if I don't do it, I don't make money. And if I don't make money, then it's harder to pay my rent. And so I kind of have to, you know? <laughs> and so like yeah. it makes it very easy to do the hard stuff because mm -hmm. you have to. And I, and I think that's a big misconception. Like kind of talking about like that messy middle, right? Like that time where like, you're just, you're, you're building, you're growing, you know, uh, you're in like the first, I don't even know how long, probably the first couple of years of your business. Like, uh, where, where you're, you're kind of just winging it. Like, I don't like we were saying before this started, like, I don't think anybody actually knows what they're doing. Everybody's kind of making it up and figuring out what works. Um, but like what, what's interesting to me is like, I think like, uh, people think, and I think it's partially just like what they've been sold. Like you see all those like scammy business guys and they're like, make your first seven figures online easily. And I spent $6,000 on a course. Oh. Uh, a 12 week course. It was the ready. I spent $6,000. I'm not going to use this person's name. Um, but let's say that he, he sells things saying that you're going to make seven figures. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he basically said like, you know, this is like this sick course. I'm like, great. 12 weeks, six grand. I go in and literally this is in like 2017, 2018. It's screen recordings of how to use Facebook ads back in like 2014, right? Oh so God. like this is when, like when I owned a gym, we, we started using Facebook ads and they would be like super brutal copy that would go to a Wufu form, right? Wufu, I don't even know if it exists. It's like type form or like, you know, a Google form, right? That yeah. would go to that. People would fill an application, you would call them. And we went from $1,000 a month, making $1,000 a month to $10,000 a month in, a, in literally one month right? Doing that. Because Facebook uh -huh. ads were new. They were just like pumping it out. You can say whatever you want. You just have this like crazy image. It was crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and so he's like showing you how to do it. And he's literally showing you like the photos I used to use. And I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. Like you can't say that stuff. You can't use those images. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? And then in like their copywriting session, like how to write good posts, there mm -hmm. were two screenshots of posts that I had done with images, like literally my posts that he would educate people, right? From like Bro. 2014. Like it was like, it said like just now, like stand up and just now on Facebook. And I looked back and I was like, that's from 2014. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. And so like, uh, long story. Yeah. And so like long story short, like those, like people think that like building an online business is like systemized, automated, like those are all the words, scalability and like all of this stuff. And people think that that's what it's like because they're sold the idea that it's easy, but really it's so hard. And like, if you don't listen to the people that you're working with, you know, really pay attention to what's working as far as content goes, uh, you're going to be really disappointed. And so like for you, what I'm interested in is like, how have you gone like kind of through that process of like, you're starting, you're putting out content and like not everything catches at first and not everything catches right now, right? Like sometimes you do stuff and you're like, ooh, well, ooh. that was really good, but it tanks. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll make a meme, I'll post the meme and I'm like, oh, shit. people didn't get that one. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, it's funny. I was looking back, it was like a th uh, time hop or whatever. And I was looking at a post from when I first started. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? It was just format. It was messy. It was just, it was just word vomit. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've come a long way. Super stoked on that. And like, that's just to say guys, like if you want to start growing Instagram or you want to start touching more people and getting out there, like you just have to start. It's not your first post is probably going to suck. 
It's not going to be good. You're going to make an infographic and it's going to look really ugly looking back three years later. Like there's no perfect way to do it. So like just start getting out there. And I think something that's so important and something that I've prided myself in is being authentic. So we, we have a very quote saturated space right now. And I don't really think it's saturated because I'm in kind of such a very like black sheet knit, knit uh, coaching style coaching group. And we actually care about our clients and they're not just like numbers on a screen, but that's, I'll save that rant for another day. So see, see, where was I going with that? Uh, Oh, authentic. So it's super important guys. Like don't worry about copying other people. Like don't worry about like, well, this person did this. I have to do this. I'm like, guys do what feels right for you. Use your own voice. Like people come to you they're gravitated towards you because of who you are as a human, because of what you, your hobbies or what you're passionate about. People see that in you. So people are coming to coaching because like, Oh cool, Bethany, do I really resonate with how you talk about this? Or really liked your perspective on this. Oh, you're a mountain biker. Cool. Like let's start talking. And then you like, I just got a new client. She rides mountain bikes. She's like, dude, you ride mountain bikes. I ride mountain bikes. It's like, cool. Let's hang out. Let's be clients. Um, So I think that's super important. That's something I've prided myself in and that should always be at the top of like the board is always be authentic and like do your research. Obviously like don't just repost a bunch of bullshit that you found from someone else. Like understand why you're posting it too. So if people have questions, you can educate it or you can intelligently speak about it instead of just like, Oh, people wanted to see the posts on this where they actually have no idea like what it, what it is. So I think that's important. Uh, And don't get, and there's no like, there's some, there's obviously some algorithms out there, which I know nothing about zero, like zilch. I just post what feels good to me that day. I have a whole list of content on a Google spreadsheet that I think of when I'm like in the shower and when I'm driving and when I'm sitting doing things. So I write it all out. And then that day I'm like, cool, I really want to talk about this today. So I sit down and I write. So that's how I do it. It's worked obviously well for me. Some people enjoy pre-writing posts for the week. Um, I can't do that. That's just not how my brain works. But yeah, so there's no, again, no easy way to do it, guys. And I think like my growth just came from like building relationships with other coaches too. So like, it's funny. Some of my closest friends are, I met through Instagram. And it's a weird space and you're like, all right, this is, it's like blind. Someone said the other day, it's like blind dating on Instagram, but like for coaching friends. So I think it's important to just network and build really great relationships with coaches who align with what you are trying to portray to the world and your message. I love that. And and I'm going to have two follow-up questions, but I want to ask one because like, so I, I, I like work with a bunch of coaches and like kind of mentor them through like, like right now I'm like talking to a lot of coaches about like crafting your story because I think for a lot of people right now, like they're in this weird place. Like everybody that I've talked to, uh, at least, you know, before starting to think like this, I was like, I can't, they're like, I can't get people to sign up. Like I, like, I don't know what to do because I have all of these clients or these like people that are maybe reaching out, like I'm, I'm having conversations, but like, um, whenever I post about my services, uh, it's always like compared to like either a nobody bites or B it's always compared to like, Oh, well, like I can do these free workouts. Like, Oh, well, like I can, you know, get like this person is doing like free Instagram live workouts or, you know, whatever it is. And what I think is interesting was I, I told him, I was like, like there's this is it's just in front of us right now but like there's always been a massive amount of free information out there like you could Mm -hmm. become a very knowledgeable trainer you could become a very knowledgeable uh you know person that just works out um just by reading some articles on the internet like there are a billion free programs almost a billion actually there's pre-covid there's (laughs) 750 million google results for like free workout yeah Right. And that's before COVID now, like, and then you go on Instagram and oh. every influencer does a swipe workout every day. You could just do swipe workouts and you would never, ever need a coach. Right. But like the reality is, is like people, people like they don't buy, like when somebody decides to start working with you, like they're probably not like, Oh, I actually can't do basic math. And so I can't figure out macronutrients. Right. Like nobody was like, mm-hmm. I don't, don't know multiplication. Right. And like (laughs) people were like, you understand like the science of it and you understand metabolism, but also like 
I've heard the way that like, you know, you're showing up very authentically and like you're saying stuff, whether it's mountain biking or your own journey, your own story. And like, um, and stuff like that, like that's, that's what pulls them in. Right. Is like, you're not only the person that has the information and knows how to apply it, but you're you and they know who you are. And there's something that you about you that's very relatable. And I think like, that's really important, but it's also very hard, right? Like it's very hard for you on that first day. Like, I don't know if you remember the first time you posted like a more vulnerable thing on the internet, but it's very uncomfortable and it's very hard. So like, how did you, how did you get to the point where you're like, I'm okay with being authentic and that might turn some people away. That's going to pull some people in too, right? It's going to be some polarity when you do that. Um, how did that work for you? Like, how did that happen? So it's funny. My, uh, lawyer, Christine King is a very dear friend of mine and she's been awesome helping me, um, obviously kind of been in my corner, helping me grow, which has been very fortunate for her. And one day she texted me, I was super out of the blue and I posted something about, I don't know. I don't even remember. It was a personal thing. It was about me. Like it wasn't a, a, my, the last year of my posts were all educational, all nutrition, all working out and everything. And I posted a personal, uh, like post about me and she goes, we need to see more of that. And I was like, okay, like people, people want to see whether people want to see about who you are. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, they want to see who you are as a person, what lights a fire under your ass, what you're passionate about. So I think when I started, building in more personalized posts and contents, things shifted a little bit. Like I got a new set of followers just because I hashtagged, I don't know, like mountain biking or trail running or something like that. So then like you start growing in different areas and you get, you're able to touch more people. Like social media is so bittersweet. I love it because it's a free platform I get to use to meet new, meet my potential new clients, stay in touch with people. But then obviously there's a weird part that there's going to people who are like, Oh, I don't like that content or whatever. Cool. Let, um, let them unfollow you. Like I, I could literally, I don't even know how many followers I have right now. Like that's kind of where I'm at. I use it as a platform, but like, I don't keep track of stuff like that. So I think, uh, like I said, there's, it's, there's this messy middle about like, well, how much educational posts should I be posting? And should I have my own business account? Should I have my own like personal account too. And like for me, I start, I had my personal account and I, I mean, you're essentially, if it's just you, you're almost branding yourself. Like I'm branding Bethany Taylor. Like I am my business, I guess you could say. Yes, I have a business name, but like people are like, oh, it's Bethany. It's Bethany Taylor. It's her coaching, that kind of thing. So I think there is a weird messy middle, but like people, I mean, some people may be like, oh, I don't want to give my personal, like I share a lot of my personal life on social media. Obviously there's some things I don't share, but like, it's what helps people become more comfortable with you and trust you so that they know like, Hey, you're a real person. You're not just this, like, Oh, you have these 10 K followers, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, Oh, I want to work with this famous coach or whatever. Like, no dude, like you're literally a real human. You have fur dogs that you love. Like you are like, you're, you're, you're real pretty much. Does that make sense? I think that's, that's perfect. And like, that's, that's something where like, uh, this, I was, I had another question that I was going to ask about something you said earlier, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go in a different direction because like, okay. I think that's that where like for a lot of people, their reasoning for like why they don't start and why they don't do things is very interesting because they, they have this idea probably based on what they've seen and, and what their own beliefs are that, uh, you have to hit like 10,000 followers in order to ever be able to get clients online. And, and, I remember like when I was, when I was getting personal training clients or like online clients from, uh, from like Instagram and stuff like that, I had like 2000. I actually, so I actually delete, you know, you can delete followers. It's sick. So I had oh, like, cause I used to yeah. use like, I stopped using hashtags, but I used to use hashtags and like, I would get like all those like, Hey, you should be a representative for our t-shirt yeah. company. They would follow me and you're like, Oh, oh like I would me. just, troll. I would like troll them. It was super fun. Yeah. But, like I love trolling people. It, it was awesome. But like the interesting thing was like, I would essentially go in and, and I would just like go in and delete people. I think I deleted like five. I, it was bad for my engagement because I deleted 500 followers in like one day. Um, so Instagram was like, oh my God, he posted something very offensive. Um, yeah, what did you do? 
500 people, you like a quarter of your followers just left. But uh, it was interesting because I had like 2,000 followers. But what I did was I literally like started sharing personal, like very personal stories, but like mm-hmm. paired it with educational content. So like essentially what I was doing was like I was telling them that I'm a real human being and then I told them that I knew what I was doing and I was kind of, yeah. you know, play those two Let back them. and forth. And, uh, and it was very interesting because that's when I got like a, a huge number of clients. Like I think I probably went from making a, you know, a couple hundred bucks from online to like a couple of grand within like a month or yeah. two. Cause it was like, Oh, like I'm sharing these stories about like having panic attacks, like random stuff. Yeah. And we're like, Oh my God, I'm the same way. Right. And, and I think like people, people think that you need to have a huge reach in order to monetize when the reality is like, I know people with a huge reach that can't monetize it because they, they just post like booty yeah. kicks. You know what I mean? And like nobody trusts them. I wouldn't pay that person anybody. Yeah. I'm going to punch them in the face. All of them. <laughs> so I think that you actually, that was awesome. Stan, that was a great ad because I think that your story, anyone's story as to why they started coaching is the type of clients that come to them. So personally for me, I came from a templated diet that I did and I, yeah, I got super shredded, looked awesome, got compliments for being super lean, but it literally wrecked my body, like lost my period. And I just, I felt like shit. So I was like, I don't want this to happen to any other female. My relationship with food was trash. Like I was terrified to eat certain things. So my story as to what happened to me now, I see it in a lot of my clients because they like, okay, cool. Bethany's been through this. She knows what this feels like. She is literally sat in this emotion and she's gone through it. So I know she's going to be a really capable person to help me. So I think our stories in sharing our stories or how we get our, we find our potential clients that we truly are passionate about helping. Mm-hmm. And, and like, that's where, I don't know if you know who Russell Brunson is, but like Russell Brunson is like, you have to check him out. So he started ClickFunnels basically like he started it like, I don't even know, like five years ago, with like a thousand dollar credit line uh, after he had basically like lost his, his businesses before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I think they're, they're close to a billion dollar company and they have this like amazing, like funnel building software. He's like one of the most brilliant marketers in the world. But he, he's, he was saying something on a podcast the other day where he was like talking about like your mess becomes your message, right? Like that thing that's like a total mess mm-hmm. for you, like the, yeah. the obstacles you've overcome and like where you were at that time, like that's the stuff that ends up becoming your message that pulls in the right people. Right. And, and that's really like how you find your niche. Like I think, a lot of people think that like, like one of my, my, my most annoying, like my biggest pet peeve is when, uh, you see like, once again, this is actually the, the dude that sold me the $6,000 12 week program. His whole thing was like, uh, I help busy stay at home moms lose, you know, 20 pounds in their first month. And like, it was all because of like some hormone. And I was like, dude, it's not, has nothing to do with a hormone. Like you have no idea what you're talking about. Or there's like all these detox eBooks that he told people to use. And like, uh, and I think like, that's where like finding your niche, like it has to be something where like you, I hate when people strategically find a niche. I think you have to like literally in some ways, look at yourself, try to like what you needed when you were in your like bad place, bring that to the market, like bring that to people because you can deliver that message better than anybody else you know? Yeah. Agree or disagree. And I could be wrong. Agree. No, I love that. Uh, and so first thing is sexy sells. If something is sexy and it's, if it says you can lose 21 pounds in 21 days, like, Oh hell yeah. For the past 10 years of my life, I've been trying to lose weight. I'm going to try this and I'm going to buy it. So boom, money goes into that person's bank account. Whoever is being, whoever's selling it. And so that person sees the cool 21 pounds, 21 days, hell yeah, does it, loses the weight, then they feel like shit because it is a very temporary and quick solution, which is going to then yield temporary results. So it's a vicious cycle, but they're going to keep making money because it's sexy and it sounds good. It gives the people what they want versus, hey, 
for like, for me personally, like guys, we're going to do some hard work. We're going to dig into the word work. We're not even going to talk about losing weight for six months because we're working on improving your relationship with food first, sleeping at night, finding a really great routine that works for you nutritionally, exercise wise, and like doing things that bring you joy. That needs to happen first. And it's going to take us six months. The rest of the six months, cool. We can diet or we can work into a, a periodized dieting phase. Like I know fat loss is a lot of goal, uh, a lot of, it's a goal for a lot of people. But if you read a lot of my posts, you'll notice, obviously we have to earn our rights to diet. So I think that, that I like, Hey, you have to invest with a coach for a year versus, Oh, you can just do this in three weeks. People Mm -hmm. are going to buy that shit because it's faster Mm -hmm. and it's easier. But if you invest in yourself and you invest in your health and your journey, it's going to pay dividends on the back end and you'll never have to yo-yo diet again. You'll never have to quote fall on and off the wagon. So that investment in yourself, give yourself, you, you deserve it. Give yourself a year of hard internal work, working with someone who cares about you. And then for the rest of your life, you're going to be able to feel confident in everything you do. I, and I think that's such a good point. And, and like, uh, for me, I, I think one of the reasons that I like started posting anything on, on social media, uh, you know, once I actually started thinking about using it as, as more of like a business and stuff like that mm-hmm. was, uh, literally that I saw, I had been through that experience of people selling me the $6,000 program that didn't work. And I saw so much yeah. bullshit out there and like, it was yep. very frustrating for me, right? And and the interesting thing was like it kind of like lit this fire into me where I was like, I want to do it right. I want to build this ethically. And uh and I think like the hard part is when you see the the sexy stuff selling and you know that it's the wrong thing. And like then you try to sell logic and science and the long term yeah. is it's a little bit harder. Yeah. One of the interesting things is like, I was listening to this book um, called Lost Connections. I'm going to give you like 10 books to read after this. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I like, I love reading. So this book called Lost Connections is about like, I talked about it a few times on the podcast, but like it's literally by this guy, Johan Hari. And like, he talks about, um, it's about like anxiety and depression and like the importance of a like, human connection, right? Like they talk a bunch in the book about um, how like, you know, essentially like the model of it just being like serotonin and stuff doesn't, it doesn't really like equate to, to a long-term positive effect. The best thing is like lifestyle and uh, helping people like find purpose and meaning in their lives and like have relationships and stuff like that. But there's this doctor who's running this amazing like depression, um, like counseling service where what they do is they, you know, there's therapy and stuff like that. But they actually have like all of these like mini projects that people work on where they're working on with alongside other people to, you know, build a garden or, you know, whatever it might be and do pottery, you know, all of these cool things. And so like they're having these amazing results. And and one of the things that the guy said was like, you know, a lot of doctors are afraid of uh, like not oversimplifying depression, right? Like they, they feel like when they talk about depression, it would scare their patients off if they said, anything other than you just have low serotonin, take this, uh, this pill and you'll be totally fine. And he's like, but mm-hmm. actually like I found that it builds trust when I tell the clients, Hey, like, or the patients, Hey, you know, depression is such a, uh, a complex thing and everybody's so different. And so we're going to work together to find out what works for you. And I think like, that's exactly what you're doing with nutrition, right? Is you're saying nutrition is so complex and there's so many things that need to happen internally, externally, in our lifestyle, in the way that we think about food and our relationship with food. So in order for us to be successful long-term with, with dieting, like my goal is to never have, have you, you know, regain the weight Mm -hmm. that you lose. I want to make sure that this is a one-time thing. It's going to be hard, but you're only going to ever have to like do that fat loss diet and try to lose 20 pounds once. And you're never gonna have to lose that 20 pounds again, but we have to do it in this way. Like that automatically builds trust, right? Like it's not sexy, but it's, it yeah. speaks to this thing where they're like, oh, they're being honest with me, but they're not trying to just sell me crap, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's huge. That's so big. And I think that's so important. And it's, so the, the trust piece is probably the most important because what I do as a coach, I tell people the complete opposite of what they've been told by one, social media, by two, what they've been 
put in their brains for the past 10 years of their lives. So we live in this, this culture that's like, Hey, just eat less, do more, do better. Oh, you did it wrong this last time. Blah, blah, blah. All this bullshit that they're getting pushed into their <laughs> brains. And then I'm over here like, Hey guys, we're actually going to eat more food. We're going to work out less and we're going to completely take you off all these supplement shit that people have said, oh, this will help you lose 10 pounds, blah, blah, blah. This fat burning metabolism boosting, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, green juice. I don't know. So (laughs) it's hard because at the beginning I was scared to tell my clients that, hey, you may have to gain a little bit of weight in this process. I know fat loss is your goal, but you may have to gain some weight because you're coming to me eating 1200 calories when you're maintenance calories is 2,500. So we need to get there first, which means eating more food so that your body can feel safe. When your body feels safe, it can positively adapt. So Mm. if it's going to take us guys, it probably, it's called reverse dieting. It's going to take us eight months to get there. Again, you're going to be hanging out with me for eight months plus and building trust saying like, People, that's the last thing people want to hear is, oh yeah, you're going to have to eat more food when you want to lose weight. But for the past 10 years, they've been told they just need to keep eating less. But I'm like, guys, I love you. I've been a little more aggressive with my approach because they deserve to hear it. That's not going to work. You've been doing something for the past 10 years, five years, last year of your life, and it's not working. We need to shift the other way. Um, yeah, it's it's um, definitely not like super sexy. Like I've had clients, we go back and forth. We eat my like, potential new clients. We email back and forth and they just want to get a really good feeling about like starting. And I get emails all the time. I'm super nervous and I'm excited. I'm like, hell yeah. That's how you know it's right. Like, you know, inside of you, something has to change and you're, and you're taking this big leap. It's scary. It's, it's fearful. You may have to completely change the way you've been thinking for the past five years. So that trust piece is like super huge. And it, sometimes it takes a couple months of working with a client and that repetition of, hey, it's okay. You're doing great. Yes, things may look different on the scale. Your clothes may be fitting differently, but it's okay. We're getting to where we need to be so that your body can feel safe. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and that's, so, that's so huge uh, because for, for a lot of us, I think we we feel like we need to like, like I, I, I was told for a long time, like sell people what they want and then give them what they need. Like sell people the, you know, 20 pounds in 30 days and then be like, Hey, so you came in for that, but really that's not how it works. And it's like, you don't want to bait and switch. Like I, I would rather have people come in because like they actually like that message resonates with them. Right. And, and I think that's so important. And one thing you touched on earlier that I think is really important, um, that I've been thinking a lot about, um, as a coach and as, as I talk to a lot of coaches um, is like the importance of building uh, a support system and like a network on social media or, or even, you know, through just your own friends where you have uh, people that you're learning from, like, you know, where you're saying, okay, like they're finding success with something. Like, how do I learn a little bit more about what they're doing? And like, you know, you, we've both seen a, like a list of blow up and, uh, yeah. and also we, we've, we, I'm sure like, I have friends where they have less followers than me, but like I talk to them and I'm like, so like what's going on? Like my friend, Mike, who, who is just doing, doing a podcast, I mean, like his will go out uh, like one or two before yours. But like Mike is, he works with barbell medicine and like amazing physical therapist. Yeah. And like, I'm calling him and like texting him and asking him questions about, you know, Hey, like, what do you think about this? And like all this stuff about placebo effect. Like I go, we go into some very deep mm-hmm. tangent conversation sometimes but like I think like like that networking aspect is so important because a it's great because then you guys like it 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 allows you to kind of reach each other's audiences and like you can kind of build up from that and like I think the important thing is removing the the scarcity mindset right of oh well like if if uh you know if I repost somebody else's stuff like they're all the people would have been my client will just go to them right like like yeah. how, how, have you, how have you done that? Number one, like how have you found these people and connected with them and kind of built up your, your like network of friends that are also coaches. Um, and also like, did you ever experience that scarcity of like, Oh, well, like I don't want to repost, you know, one of Alyssa's things because like 
then all of the people that would have, you know, been my client are just going to go to her, right? Like how, how have you kind of thought about yeah. that and gone about it? So I'll do the first one first, networking. So it, it's weird because it kind of just happens sometimes. Like you just start following somebody and then you engage in their, like, hey, dude, that was an awesome post. And then they click on your page and they follow you and like oh shit she's got messaging each other be like hey that's awesome like oh i love the way you view this and then like you just start kind of asking questions you ask like oh how do you like i was having a conversation with somebody the other day but like how is your um check-in structure like or how is your check your client check-in structured and then you kind of get ideas from them so it's really like it's not like you just kind of got to put yourself out there i guess you could say you just have to be comfortable with just reaching out and engaging. And sometimes people will respond to you back. If you have a question, sometimes they won't, it's going to depend on that person. It's really kind of just happened organically for me. Um, like meeting, I've met, like I said, some of my greatest friends and the most amazing humans. Cause I resonated with them so much on Instagram. Sometimes you meet them in real life and then you become best friends. And the other times like, Hey, we're just internet friends, but like you have a relationship with them and there you can see what they're doing. They can see what I'm doing and they're like, Oh, dope. But then I have no problem reposting other people's content because it's awesome. I'm like, guys, I'm super proud of them. This post, this infographic, infographic is super dope. I need people to see it. Maybe at the beginning I was a little apprehensive because like, well, I need clients. Like I want people to come to me, but if they see whoever posts this, like, oh, they're going to go to them. But yeah, maybe sometimes, but the people who want to work with you, are going to work with you. They're going to be, people get stoked when I repost things from other people. Like, thank you so much for reposting that. I never would have seen it, but we're helping them grow too. That's the thing is like, we're all on the same team guys, especially our, my very unique group of black sheep coaches that are just really trying to go. We're literally going up, up river in a canoe without a paddle. Like that we're going against what everything in social media and society has told us for years. So like, I want them to grow just as much as I'm growing. Like we all want to just blow all this bullshit societal glass ceilings out of the water. So we need to stay together. So that's just how my mindset is and how like the coaches that are, I'm good friends with are. And that's, I don't think that'll be the case for everybody, but like I'm going to repost their stuff because I want people to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, uh, it comes down to also having uh, an understanding of like, why are you posting on social media, right? Like if you're posting on social media for very selfish reasons, you're going to fail very quickly, right? Because you're, you're not doing it to actually like serve the people that follow you, right? You're, you're not doing it to be like, whether these people are my clients in a week, in a month, in a year or never, like I'm going to give them something that I, I, I think that they need to hear. Right. And if it resonates with them, they're going to follow me and stuff. And I think that's a big part of it is like, like you hit the nail on the head. You're like, I'm sharing this because I think like that this infographic or this story, whatever it is, it's going to be really helpful for them. Yeah. And, and I think like that's so important because it becomes something where you, you stop feeling like, uh, you know, it's, it's, you on your own, you start to realize like I can do it with a lot of other people and also build some reciprocity. Like they're in that place of like, Oh, like this person's sharing my content. Like, you know, I'm going to like continue to engage with them. And like, maybe I'll tell them a little bit more about my check instruction. I got some, some, you know, secret sauce. I don't really tell people yeah. about it. But, like they seem cool. They like my stuff. They're helpful. Um, I'll, I'll give them a little bit more ratio, right? Like I think it's, it's helpful to build that. Like, Hey, like I believe in you and I support you like you'll, you'll be able to connect with people a lot better, you know? Um, and, and do you like go through on hashtags? Like, how do you find a lot of these accounts? Like, is it somebody shares their stuff or is it you're going through on hashtags and searching and trying to find good content? Like, how do you find them? Yeah. So it's weird. Cause like, I don't search through hashtags at all. I do them. I think they help. I, like I said, I have zero clue when it comes to algorithms or anything like that. I just posted. I'm like, cool. This is great. I'll tag the people who took the picture. I'll tag Garmin. I'll tag whatever. Um, I it's these people are like, it'll usually be from somebody I follow who reposts their posts like on their story. So I'll click on like, Oh, this is great. Click follow. So it's, 
it's like six degrees of separate or se- Kevin Bacon, seven degrees of separation. But like you realize like, okay, so like we're three degrees in and like, Oh, you actually follow this person too. Oh dang, you guys work together. You knew them. And then it starts spitballing and stuff like that. So I've met a lot of really great. So like, cool. Say uh, I met, met Lori. Lori's awesome. I've met then Alex Macklin. I've met Aaron. Like I've met a lot of really cool people through one person. So like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a continuous build of networking. Um, of friends and like what I'm very good about keeping my feed really solid. So I don't follow a lot of bullshit accounts. I unfollow. If I see like a booty picture or whatever, I'm like unfollow, like get out of here. So I think that's important to you guys just as a coach, what we want to see, what we're processing for content's important for us, for our headspace. And even for clients, I tell people, I'm like, guys, I need you to unfollow any account that does not serve you. Any account that makes you feel any less about yourself, that does not make you feel like a million bucks, that causes you to second guess what you're doing, like unfollow them. So like my feed's very positive. I'm following a lot more like therapists and psychologists and people who are a lot of the mindset facet because that's coming into coaching a lot more than just like, here are your macros. Like, cool, yeah, again, we use macros, but like, all right, dude, like, how was your day? Like, how are you? What happened today? How was your relationship with your husband or your wife or your friend? So I kind of went the other way, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just how it organically happens because of who you're following. And again, just don't be afraid to like reach out and like say, Hey. Yeah. And, and, and I think like even people where they have 30,000, 50,000 followers, like a lot of people respond, like they might not respond quickly. Like if it has to go into like the message request, if they don't follow you and stuff like that, but yeah. You know, especially when you like are tagging them in a, a story or, you know, something like that, like, like th- they'll, they'll see you and they'll, they'll respond to you. And, and I think like people seem like, you know, uh, I think they, they seem to think like, oh, like I'm just like a nobody. I have 500 followers or whatever. And it's like, you got to put yourself out there. Like you said, I think that's, that's huge, you know? Um, and, and so for you, like, I think you've, you've really created this like, amazing movement and it's something that like clearly is like very much just something that resonates with you and like kind of breaking through these like societal glass ceilings and and stuff like that like was that so i mean it seems like from from day one that was kind of like what you wanted to do or did you ever say like oh like i want to go into like you know this little space or like i'm gonna kind of like did it come to you off the bat and like is that partially why you got started or was it something where that message was crafted as you went, like you kind of ended up there because you, you watched and and learned from working with people. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit of both. So when I first started, I knew that was my, that was my passion because of where I came from in my story. But as again, guys, this takes time. I'm two, what are we in 20? Yeah. Just over two years in it's taken me probably about a year and a half to be comfortable with my voice to feel confident and just like calling out bullshit on social media and just being more upfront with like how I feel. So at the beginning I was afraid people were going to be like, Oh, like the backlash or they're not going to agree with me or I was walking on eggshells because I wanted to make sure I got more followers or I just wanted to like make everybody love me and like me when now I'm like, guys, this is how I'm fiercely passionate about this. You, no matter what you can say, I will hold my ground because there's so many people affected by this. So I think it has grown and crafted. Like I knew at the beginning, that's that was my core and that was my roots. But over time, I got more confident using my voice. And I think that happens with a lot of um uh, entrepreneurs and people in the online spaces, they're afraid of imposter syndrome. They're afraid at the beginning to, well, this person did this and I don't want to copy them and blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm like, guys, just, just do it and be confident in your voice. Cause people see the confidence. And when you start really like, it's a thread that bleed that, that is pulled through all of your coaching. People know all of the posts you do now, that underlying premise is your message and your mission, which is my, the mission statement that you read at the beginning. Mm-hmm. putting ironclad confidence with food like that is bled through all of my coaching because i've i've just gotten more comfortable with it and i'm able to speak it in a different way every time and kind of like make it digestible for a lot of people mm-hmm. and yeah and i think like that's that's huge right where where there's you have like kind of a uh like stake in the ground you're like this is where i am and like i'm gonna stay on my ground no matter what and uh i think the interesting thing for 
coaches who are a little bit newer is sometimes it can be hard to develop that confidence. And one of the things that helped me was like really like feeling comfortable that I was becoming an expert on stuff, right? Like reading yeah. a it's ton of weird. Research, right? Like, yeah. like taking the time to be like, like, cause I remember when I started posting stuff on, uh, on Instagram, like for a while I was doing like swipe, well, basically take like a study and then like you'd swipe through and like, this is what the study yeah. said. Like that's, yeah, this is the outcome. That's how you do it. And, uh, one of the interesting things was like, I was doing that because I realized I was like, when I put stuff out there, like, I don't want you to be able to argue with me. I, I don't want people to be able to, they still do. Like they, they of see course. carbs and they're like, how they're dare you? Like apparently I'm, I'm getting roasted in, uh, in my, my friend's group chat because, uh, they were talking about intermittent fasting makes you like gives you magical powers and stuff like that. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. And so I was, and I, I like, I'm not even in the group chat. He was like, Hey, like send me a voice note on this. And I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like intermittent yeah. fasting for some people, but like really it's no different than like a calorie deficit for most yeah. things. Right. And like, it's hard for like, um, apophagy or apophagy or whatever. Um, as far as like, you know, that's, it's going to like reduce that stuff when, you uh you had a big meal so it's like hard to test it compared to like a normal yeah. or whatever and so one of the things that was i was like like they were like roasting me and so i was like all right and so i literally just pulled like a bunch of studies and i was like here you go like, here you go so, you argue here's here's evidence yeah, like here I'm, you go yeah i'm gonna my ground because like i know that mm -hmm. what i'm saying is true and like when you're a little bit newer and you aren't like you don't understand habit change and the mindset stuff like I think there comes a point where you have to like, just be like, if I want to build this, like, and I want to build it with integrity, like I have to work on myself first. Right. Like, like, I think that's, that's important too. Like where, where did you start? Like, cause, cause you're a nutritionist. So you like obviously um, have a lot of training in nutrition, but the mindset and that's not what you learn when you're in college, you know? No, well, you don't really learn any of that. Like, yeah, you can take a mindset course and like, there's some, been some really great ones. Like I have a couple friends that offer them that comes with your life experience. So I can, again, from my story and how I got to where I am, I can speak on it. Um, the minds I realized pretty close, like about six months into my coaching, I was like, dude, this is way more than macronutrients, micronutrients, and meal timing and pre and post-workout nutrition. It is so much more than that. And I was like, all right, take a step back. And, and I think for new coaches and for anybody really who's a coach is you need to listen to your clients. You need to absorb everything they're saying and you need to put yourself in their shoes because I know I have a very, very strong and forthcoming mindset and I, I'm in a really great place in my life. It's taken me a few years to get here. But when these new clients are coming to me, I have to remember I was then when I first started. So what did that journey look like for me? What did I need to hear? What did I need to be consistently repeated to myself in order for that light bulb to be like, oh shit. Yeah, there we go. There's the click. I had a client the other day, she, or yesterday check-in, she was like, I think I'm finally okay with the fact that I'm going to be staying the same weight or gaining a little bit of weight for a while. And it's taken a couple months and she's like, I finally get it. But it's because we, in our check-ins, they're very in depth and we talk about the hard shit that no one wants to talk about. I ask them really uncomfortable questions to get them thinking. So I think, again, I have to put myself in their shoes and remember I was there once. What did I need in that time? And that's, you can read about in like atomic habits, like by James Clare. I love that book. Like there's some really cool things in it, but how can we make it applicable? Again, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but how can you make it easily digestible for your clients and, uh, and help them like kind of shift the way they're thinking. So like it takes time guys. It takes getting new client. It takes clients experience because you're going to learn about something from one client like oh dude i never thought about it that way and you get to use it in your next client that you get that's in a similar situation mm -hmm. I, I love that and and i think that's where like uh it's it's so important like i, I was talking to coaches um like a couple coaches the other day like and uh one of the things that i told them i was like you literally have to like think about your journey and like what it was like to be in your shoes at, at each part 
and then literally imagine that you had a time, like a time machine and you could go back and you could sit down and you could have like a coffee or a beer or a meal with that person and tell them exactly yeah. what like that person needed to hear. Like if I could sit down with Stan when he was a uh, 120 pound uh, kid in high school that had really bad acne and really long hair and bought Hollister because mm-hmm. he thought that would be popular, but he actually, you know, the Hollister yeah, was wasn't big and popular. Uh, and like he was spending all of his money on stuff that didn't matter. Like if you could yeah. sit down and talk to that person, like what would that person need to hear? And then me when I was like losing my gym and like closing and like, being like, hey, it's oh, it's gonna be okay. Like, the relationships are like those are the things that like you need to hear, like when yep. you're in that part of the journey. And your clients are gonna be the same way, right? Uh, the emotional journey is very similar, right? Um, and, and and so like for you uh, when you're when you're doing this, um, what would you say were like some of the biggest takeaways that you've had? Like that when you first started, you were like, I know exactly what this is going to be like and i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and then all of a sudden uh now you're you're two years in and and all of a sudden you're going oh wow like what i expected to happen here isn't the case and like this is what i now know works like what, what were some of the biggest like surprises or like differences in when you first started to now like you've kind of learned yeah so that one's tough so i i came into coaching and i didn't really know what to expect I had this obvious vision. I'm like, cool, I'm going to be an online coach, like all this. And I honestly didn't know, not in a bad way, how much, and I think it's because of who I am and how I am as a coach, but how much emotional investment goes into coaching. If your coach asks you like three questions on a check-in or, and they respond with like, hey, good job. Like, yeah, we're going to mess around with macros. And like, they give you some bullshit response. Like you need to fire them. Um, and I, and I think that at the beginning, like I said, I didn't know how much effort I, like how much investment I was going to be putting into my coach, into my clients until I, I realized and started, t- started taking on more clients. I was like, yeah, this is, there's a lot of things going on in between people's ears that needs to be addressed. So that was one thing I didn't realize um, at the beginning of coaching, how much of an emotional investment it was going to be. Um, and something else too, like at the beginning, I was like pedal to the floor. Like I was gung ho. I was doing all these things. I was working. I was like way too high and I wasn't refilling my cup at the beginning. We kind of talked about this earlier. I didn't refill my own cup and I got burnt out quick. And then I was like, all right, if I want to be the best coach possible, I still have to be doing things in my life that are going to fill my cup and make me happy and setting boundaries. Like I didn't really set boundaries at the beginning. I was like just full sending everything. And now I've gotten a lot better about it, but it's very easy to work because it's not quote work to us. Cause we enjoy it. Putting together PDFs for clients, responding to emails, posting content. Like it's not, it's not hard in this sense. It's quote hard. It's not difficult but it's still using a lot of brain power. So we have to remember that. Yeah, I'm working till 10 p.m. I was just checking out reading studies or whatever. Like, yeah, dude, you're still working though. Like, so I think it's important. I didn't really think I'd have to worry about setting boundaries at the beginning. And now I'm like, boundaries are super important. And like, it's okay to not be working all the time. Like we have very odd hours and there, and just think if you're sitting in an office, my nine to five job, like, yeah, I was there nine to five, but like how much was actually working and like how much was actually like doing things. So I think it's important to make sure you're setting pretty rigid boundaries um, or at least somewhat rigid boundaries. It's easier said than done for some people. Um, I think those are kind of like the big takeaways from coaching or starting to like where I am now as a coach. And I'm obviously, I'm still learning. I'm still very messy. I'm winging half the shit I do. I'm like, Oh, let's try this out. Let's see if it works. Like I just started like taking a picture, like writing a quote on a book and like taking a picture of a post. I'm like, cool. Are these going to do well? Like, let's change it up a little bit. And I'm like, Oh, they're doing great. Like I'm going to keep going to keep posting them. But if it sucked, I'm like, okay, maybe that wasn't such a great idea. Yeah, I love that. And that's, that's like, I mean, like Alyssa was talking about how like she approaches her content and her business like a scientist where she like tests stuff and then it doesn't work and she just tests something else. And like, you know what I mean? Like you kind of just like, like figure it out as you go. Like you're always just like test, look back, did it work, test something else, you know? And then if it worked, keep it, you know? Um, Well, I know, I know we're, we're coming up on time, but like, is there anything you want to add? Do you have any like uh, any like big takeaways that you think would be really helpful for, for listeners? Um, and also how can people get in touch with you? 
Yeah. So Instagram, I'll do this one first because it's easier. Uh, Instagram will be the, I'm on there a lot posting on my stories and like I'm posting content four to five times of, uh, a week. So it's Bethany Cora Taylor and you can pop that in the show notes if people like have a hard time hearing it, but, of course. uh, just, re- yeah, just reach out to me there. And my, and I have a brand new ebook that I just launched, uh, a couple months ago. So it's, um, 83 pages and I poured my heart and soul into the book and I love it. And it's really great for people who can't afford one-on-one coaching. It's kind of helped them get them started and and just reverse dieting and eating at maintenance and eating for life. Uh, but the biggest takeaway as I think like just start, it sounds so silly, but like you just have to start somewhere. If you've been thinking about something or dreaming about it for however long, like the, all those things you need to just do them. And like life is way too short. I've had close friends of ours, like lose their lives at very young ages. I'm 28 and these people are around my age and I'm like, it really puts things into perspective. Like we have one life on this earth and like we need to just live it as full as we can. And that starts with like doing the shit we love. So just start. Boom. That was amazing. (laughs) I told you this was going out. That was good. That's 100% the, the audio clip that we're going to use in your, your social media graphics. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I, uh, I think this is very, very helpful. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for having me, Stan. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>